a bar in a funeral home, a hot dog with cream cheese, and one of America's best music cities. This week, we're in Seattle. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Coming to you from the palatial Destination Eat Drink World Headquarters and Podcast Broadcast Center. When most people think about Seattle, the first thing that comes to mind is probably coffee. After all, Starbucks was born there. Or maybe they think about grunge music, that fusion of angst-ridden hard rock with punk sensibilities, that music that took over mainstream America in the 1990s, thanks to the genius of Kurt Cobain and bands like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, or Alice in Chains. But Seattle's got a lot more to offer than just Java and Smells Like Teen Spirit. There's a fantastic craft brew scene there. Vendors sell something called a Seattle dog. And there's a fast food place called Dick's that Seattleites swear by. On this episode of Destination Eat Drink, I'm talking to Seattle's John Manley. John is afternoon host on Seattle radio station 1077 The End. He also co-hosts his own podcast called Our Dumb Podcast. But first, if you have any questions about this podcast or any other episode of Destination Eat Drink, you can reach me on Facebook at Destination Eat Drink. You can reach me on Twitter at Eat Destination or at DestinationEatDrink.com. Just click on the About and Contact tabs. Okay, let's eat in Seattle. Destination Eat Drink. On this episode of Destination Eat Drink, not only do John and I talk about the culinary charms of Seattle, but we also talk a little bit about Las Vegas and Austin, Texas. If you'd like to dive deeper into Vegas, check out episode nine of Destination Eat Drink, which is all about downtown Las Vegas. And for more on Austin, episode 12 and episode 15 of the podcast. Okay, let's talk to John Manley. John. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure, no problem. So you're in Seattle, but um, you're a radio guy, and radio guys are notorious for moving around the country, working at different radio stations. Where else have you lived besides Seattle? Um, well, I've lived uh, quite a few places, actually. Uh, I born and raised in Wisconsin, uh, went to college in Minneapolis, then to Phoenix to get my radio career started. Uh, stayed there for about eight years, and then I was in Vegas for four years, and now I am into my sixth year in Seattle, which is pretty crazy to say. Seattle's an awesome city. Um, one of my favorite things about Las Vegas is downtown, not the Strip, but downtown Fremont Vegas. Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fremont Street, and um, I don't know, it's it's really kind of come into its own in the last few years. Was it really kind of going when you were there? I always really had a soft spot for Fremont uh, because when I was there, Vegas had focused on being very family friendly uh, strip. And I used to always joke that I liked a little bit of element of danger to my Las Vegas experience because that's how it should be. You should be losing money and, you know, all of, all of that crazy stuff. Um, and Fremont always lent itself to a little bit more of um, it's a little bit shadier. 
Um, but the drinks are cheaper and stronger. And uh, there's actually really cool bars uh, and, and food spots in, in the Fremont area that are, that aren't touristy and, you know, kind of uh, glitz and glamour. They're actually just like really good food for reasonable prices and stuff. So I always really liked Fremont. It was not quite to what it was now. Um, because uh, Life is Beautiful came in and really renovated that entire area, and that happened the last year I was there. So it was on its uptick right when I was leaving, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, you know, and uh, I remember years ago we went, this was before Fremont Street was really happening. We, m Me and my brother, we went to a place called uh, El Cortez, I think was the name yep. of it. And I always describe that, it looked like someone's grungy, uh, rec room from the seventies, you know, the carpet was bad. The, uh, you know, the, the pit bosses were wearing uh, bad suits and lots of gold chains and stuff like that. And, you know, you could bet on blackjack for like $2 a hand if you wanted to. And sure, those are, man, those are the places to go. I think it's so much uh, more fun and real nitty gritty and old Vegas than free, uh, than, uh, the strip. Fremont Street is the only place in America where you walk through casinos with creaky floors. <laughs> and you can still do the the put the coin in the slot machine. You got to go upstairs to uh, the upstairs at the D. They have yes. an actual retro casino. Yes. They have one of those original, um, I forget what the name of it is, but the horse machine where you can watch the horses yes. go around the track. It's brilliant. I lost like $25 in quarters on that thing last time I was there and regretted none of it. It's such a fun, stupid game that it's just, it's, it's amazing. I was going to say 25 bucks times four. That's a hundred, that's a hundred bets on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of races. I got my money's worth for sure. <laughs> So let's talk about Seattle a little bit. You know, sure. to the average person, Seattle is two things, Starbucks and grunge music. Uh, we'll talk about coffee in a bit. But as far as music goes, I mean, grunge music is almost 30 years old at this point. What, what's the music sure. scene like today in Seattle? You know, it's it's interesting because it's eclectic. You know, you have uh, there's some very good hip hop here these days. Um, there's also still the element of good old fashioned rock and roll that will never leave the city, um, which is is the best part. But then you have bands, you know, like, um, you know, Odessa, which is a huge EDM band. And then, you know, our our local heroes, Death Cab for Cutie, which I, I far from grunge, but definitely they play guitars and they do rock and roll and uh, they're still cranking out music and, and doing that. And we have Macklemore, um, you know, the head and the heart. So, you know, it's, we're, I think what's amazing about the music scene in Seattle is that um, it's easy to say that it, it, it was born and it died with, with, you know, grunge, but we've had major artists in literally every genre of music since Hendrix. Yeah. You people know? don't realize Hendrix, Hendrix came or, from Seattle. Yeah, Hendrix Hart, his statue is right by uh, my apartment, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah, I mean, Hendrix Hart, then you get into, like, of course, the grunge thing, which is huge, and, and no doubt that's what put Seattle on the map. And then, But then even once that died down, you still had your Death Cabs and your Macklemores, and I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick myself in the pants because I'm sure as soon as we stop talking, I'm going to think of, like, 25 other bands that I should be naming at this point. Um, but, you know, it, 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 the cool thing about Seattle is, is it musically it reinvents itself and doesn't I think the world pigeonholes us into oh it's where grunge is but 
Seattle doesn't do that to itself, which is amazing. I love the head and the heart. And do they can they still play uh, theater sized venues or are they arenas when they come back home to play Seattle? Yeah, they're a pretty big deal up here. The cool thing about up here, though, is we have a weird lack of mid-size venues. So everything goes from, you know, basically a 1,000 to 3,000 seater to 10,000. There, there isn't much. Uh, if, you're a, if you're an 8,000 ticket band, there isn't a place like that to play here. Well, there's one. But so what a lot of play, people do, which I think is the coolest, is they'll take up residency at a place like the Paramount Theater, which is if you come here and you see one show in one venue, go to the Paramount. It's incredible. Um, so you'll see the head and the heart. They'll do three days at the Paramount. Oh, nice. So you can see them in a more intimate atmosphere. Yeah. And you know, especially for me coming from Las Vegas, where everything is bright lights and new and shiny to go into an old opera house and watch bands that are too big for the room play the room. It's pretty sweet. Nice. So if uh, if me and my girlfriend came to Seattle and we were hanging out with you and your girlfriend, John, where where would be a cool place for us to go see some local music? Not a not a big name band, but just maybe a dive place or just a cool um, small venue. Yeah, small venues as far as seeing shows here. Um, the Croc is a great place. That is down in Belltown. Um, there's a, a lot of really good up-and-coming bands nationally come through there. Um, so that's a really great place to catch a band that's going to be famous maybe in a year. Um, that's one of my favorite spots. Um, and it's across from a really great Italian restaurant, so that definitely helps the <laughs> cause. Um, a little bit bigger place uh, is the Showbox, and that is that is a legendary place in Seattle to catch out music to check out music. Um, and that is an interesting place right now because it is the building uh, that it is housed in uh, is up for sale. It just got sold and approved for demolition. So now there's a, a big uh, war cry to save the showbox. So um, you'll see that a lot from Seattle bands now with like save the showbox shirts and and things of that nature. So if you can see one a show while it's here, hopefully it doesn't go away. But just in case it does, I would put that on a must go see list as well. Um, other spots I really like uh Numos is cool um for shows i mean it's seattle man there's great bands playing bars and clubs everywhere it's really cool you mentioned uh, there's a great italian restaurant next to the croc um and what's the name of that restaurant first of all uh that place is called tavolata tavolata good and is there a lot of italian food in is there a big italian uh, american population in seattle i don't think of Italians when I think of Seattle? Well, well as an Italian-American, <laughs> I, I, I regret to say no. <laughs> there, is, there is not. Uh, my mom still makes the best spaghetti in Seattle. There's no question about that. Um, no, you know, Seattle, Italian is, a, is an interesting cuisine in Seattle because there are places that do really good higher end Italian, like a tavolata or how to cook a wolf. Um, there's really good places for Italian, but there lacks the, um, there lacks the home style. It's Friday night. I just want a gigantic plate sized, you know, paper thin slab of chicken parm 
and spaghetti to go home and watch Netflix too. You know, uh, we don't, we don't have that. There's a place called Machiavelli, which is up in Capitol Hill. That is the closest thing that I have to that, which as someone who grew up uh, in a very Italian uh, family in a very Italian town, um, it, it pains me sometimes to say like, I just want a big slab of lasagna and I can't do that without going to a fancier pay, maybe six more dollars than you want to on a bowl of spaghetti kind of thing. Yeah. So um, not like a Nana's type place, you know? Yeah. Right. But that said, like, again, like the, the, the fancier Italian restaurants, the more upscale are really fantastic. Like there's this, uh, at Tavolata, there's a, a, a dish, a spaghetti dish. Um, it's, it's an anchovy spaghetti and the flavor is way over the top. It's really bold, but it is fantastic. Maybe like a Sicilian style dish then with the anchovies. Yeah, it's, yeah a lot of pepper, a lot of pecorino cheese. Like, oh, it's it's really good, but you know it, it should come with a warning because you will be reeking of of garlic for the for you know <laughs> at least the next four or five hours. There's no denying that. But you know, so so the upper scale stuff is really good. It's just when you want the down home, you know, it's like Olive Garden or fancy. There's the, the in between. Uh, Bizarro's good. So I guess the more I think about it, there's places, but that's kind of the the flaw in the in the Italian scene here in Seattle. And you said you're from Wisconsin, and you said from an Italian town. Tell me the name of the town because I'm not familiar with an Italian town in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, I'm from uh, Racine, Wisconsin. So oh, just north uh, of the border, right? Exactly. So I think it's uh, a lot of Chicago bleed over came our way. We're, I always we always joke that we're the first real city uh, if you come up from Illinois. So that was our. I think there's a lot of uh, bleed through from from that. So we have like really good pockets of Italian in that town. Okay, because I grew up in the Chicago area as well. And uh, been to Racine many times, been up into Wisconsin many times. Uh, where do you fall, Bears or Packers? Uh, you know the answer to that. If I'm born, if I'm born in Wisconsin, I, you know. <laughs> but you're so close, man. You're so close. <laughs> there are rules. There are rules to that game, and I am not going to break them. <laughs> okay. So um, we talk. Let's talk quickly about dogs because Seattle's got their own dog. I wanted to mention, you know, when I grew up in Chicago, in the Chicago area. We have something called a Chicago dog. And sure. when I describe it to people, they can't believe this neon relish and slices of cucumber and celery salt actually go on a dog. But in Seattle, this is something that I never heard of until I started researching Seattle, the Seattle dog. Can you describe this thing? All right. So what a Seattle dog is, is it is a uh, either a beef link or a kielbasa, depending on what your mood is. You can do it with anything. Spicy links sometimes people use, but I say stick with traditional, either just straight hot dog or kielbasa if you're really feeling frisky. Other than that, I stay away from the rest. Uh, that goes onto a bun. Um, and then it is filled or covered in cream cheese, Philadelphia cream cheese and grilled onions. And it sounds dangerous as hell, but I'm telling you, it is really, really good. It 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 sounds like a crime against humanity, but I know. <laughs> you know every every time I read about this thing, people just swear by it. So I'm going to take you for what it's worth, John, that this is something that uh, must be tried in Seattle: a hot dog with cream cheese and grilled onions. Where where do you go to get one? You can. The best part about it is, is like any good street meat, you can find it outside of just about any bar, club, or concert venue in town. If there's something going on, 
<laughs> so some dude is just slinging uh, Seattle dogs from his cart at very yeah it's very chicago when it comes to that they're just corners with that smell of grilled street meat and uh yeah follow your nose you'll find it it's not going to be a problem <laughs> <laughs> sounds good and uh oh we're we're in seattle let's talk coffee now of course starbucks started in seattle but people from seattle what what are people from seattle called seattleites what what are you seattleites correct. seattleites okay um Seattleites, you know, they love their coffee and it's not about Starbucks. There's so many other great places. Let's talk about coffee for a minute in Seattle. All right. Oh, boy, this is a tricky one. <laughs> this is a, <laughs> You're going to step um, in it here? Yeah, I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of try to uh, delicately dance around this the best, uh, as best as I can, because quite frankly, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not a coffee snob. Um, and, and I am still not against, uh, going to the closest place in my vicinity, which 90% of the time in Seattle is still a Starbucks. Um, but you know, Starbucks gets a bum rap and a lot of people, you know, poo poo it, especially up in Seattle, but you know, they take really good care of their employees They provide them with insurance and things like that. So yeah, that's true. I, uh, I don't hold any ill grudges to them. Is their coffee great? Yeah, that's that's up for you to decide. But when you just need a shot of espresso, it's I mean, you could do worse, I guess. But you could also do a lot better here, too. So, you know, as far as the coffee scene goes, it's like, um, I mean, there is a coffee stop on every corner. And that is amazing. And if you find the thing I found about Seattle is you find the ones that you like. And you just stick with them. So for me, um, I have a place in my neighborhood called Analog Coffee. And I don't know if it's the best coffee in Seattle. I don't even know if it's considered top 10. But it's, for me, it's got to uh, be the know, best my, name in Seattle, though. Analog Coffee. That's brilliant. Uh, th there's so many like there's ghost note coffee and, and everything <laughs> to music, which is cool. Right. Um, so anything that's kind of the trick to it, you know, like. But that said, like if you go to the Starbucks roast, the reserve, the roastery, that's cool too, you know. So there's, it's it's really preference. I I, I think the scene on the outs from the outside looks snottier than it is on the inside, so to speak. You know, you have your people that will never go to, you know, will never do Starbucks. But I think that's come on, it's it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> I, 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 and by the way, going into this, I did not expect to be defending Starbucks as hard as I am right now. So I apologize. <laughs> no. But okay. yeah, I would say analog coffee and then espresso vivace. You can find those. There's a couple of places to get those. Um, they do a great espresso for sure. So those are kind of my three spots. Like again, I'm, I'm not that Starbucks is my spot, but, um, analog is in my neighborhood and that's how it usually works. Most people's favorite coffee shop is the coffee shop in their neighborhood. So for me, it's analog, uh, or espresso vivace, but I live on Capitol Hill. So like if you lived in Ballard, you would have completely different answers and never even heard of the places I'm talking about. So and in Seattle, there's so many coffee places, you know, like I'm in I'm in Hawaii right now. I'm in Honolulu. Yeah, nice. there's there's coffee places, but <laughs> it's not like in some other towns where it's on every single corner. Luckily, there's a place right around the corner from me. But for the most part, you know, it's hit or miss whether you can even find a coffee spot within three blocks, you know. So in Seattle, I think you're really spoiled with this wealth of coffee places to be able to visit. Uh, yes, 100%. And as someone who um, is like 
a novice when it comes to coffee, I'm it's not lost on me and I'm aware that I'm spoiled and I'm sure I will be much more upset about and snobbish about my coffee if I ever leave Seattle. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so spoiled with it now where it's just run down the street, grab the best cup of coffee you've probably ever had. And then you're just on with your day uh, where other people might have to <laughs> work a little harder, you know? Yeah. And not even think about it. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So in uh, Seattle, you guys have this fast food place called Dick's, which yeah. is an institution, right? Um, Legend. Yeah. What's your what's your favorite thing about Dick's? And, you know, what do you like to get when you're there? It's cheap when you're drunk. Uh, that is the best <laughs> always <part>. good. <laughs> that is the best part of of dicks um and that really is the truth uh everything it's very cool it it used to be cash only until maybe like two or three years ago um and burgers to this day are still two three dollars max um so you can go and grab a bunch of cheeseburgers for for two bucks a pop and um you know we affectionately refer to it as a bag of dicks um (laughs) Which you can make your own jokes about that, um, but yeah, it is the it is a it looks like an old drive up. Um, you know, unfortunately, they don't have the you know the put the speaker in the window uh, thing anymore, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, you you walk up to the counter, it's it's there's maybe one little table outside for you to eat on, but it's cheap, it's fast, and it's pretty damn good. It's really good, and there's no uh, my maybe my favorite thing is you don't get to order it special. You get it how it comes. Uh, if you want to pick off the onions, you can do that. Do it yourself. Yeah. So everything moves really fast. It's fast. It's cheap. It's good. And at one in the morning, there are a few things in this town. Uh, if you didn't grab a Seattle dog on your way out of the venue, you're going to stop by Dick's for some burgers afterwards, for sure. Oh, my God. Um, you know, I always think of of cities in two camps. You know, there's, there's the uh, wine drinking cities. And then there's the beer drinking cities. And I put Seattle firmly in the beer drinking city category. Uh, do you think that's yeah. do you think that's right? Yeah, if you want to drink wine, you can go out to Woodenville. And there's actually a really good wine scene up here too, but in Seattle proper, it is all about beer. It's a, beer's now like coffee up here. There's a brewery. <laughs> there's as many breweries now as there are Starbucks, it seems like. It's 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 insane. There's Good beer to be had everywhere in this town. It's amazing. What are some of your places to go to enjoy uh, to enjoy a beer? Um, well, as far as breweries go, I'm quite partial to um, Georgetown Brewing, um, and I love my my go to beer in this town. Uh, so when I got here, I'm not a big IPA guy. Um, you know, I come from the desert, the Southwest. I, I'm more the lighter, the better, you know, more refreshing. It's too hot. Let's just cool off with a ice cold Hefeweizen or something, you know? Um, so I moved up here, IPAs were the big craze, but I just not, that's, I, I've developed a taste for it now, but at the time I wasn't. So I went to the first time I went to a bar, I'm like, okay, well, I can do a pale ale because it's not quite as hoppy as an IPA. And I tried this beer called Manny's. It's from Georgetown Brewing. It's Manny's uh, Manny's Pale Ale. And to this day, that was six years ago. To this day, that is my favorite beer of all time. That is my go-to at every bar. Uh, and before I switched to Rainier's because you can't drink too many pale ales or else right. that's, you're in for a long night, you know. Um, but uh, that is my – that is I, I'm very partial to that beer. I love it. You can only get it on tap. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, also, we have, you know, Elysian uh, Brewing, uh, which you may have heard from. It was bought by Budweiser recently. So oh. that's a big deal. 
Um, what else do I like? Ruben's Brews is a really great place to go drink some beers. As far as bars go, um, I, I'm partial to my neighborhood bar, uh, Sun Liquor, um, which is a really cool place. And then I also uh, really like... Um, uh, where was I going with this? A uh, good place to drink beer. Oh, um, there is a place called the Pine Box. And the Pine Box is, I, I think it's rated one of the top 10 beer bars in America. They don't make their own beer, but they do. It's one of those places that gets beers from the world shipped in in the rotating taps all the time. And the cool thing about that place is the Pine Box used to be a mortuary. And, That's why. And, oh, and that is where... That is where Bruce Lee's funeral was held. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they, call so, the, they call it the Pine Box. That is genius. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's very good. And it's on Pine Street, too, ironically enough. So there's like it's like double ironic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Which way are you going with the irony? Pick your, pick yeah, your right, path. Yeah, take your pick. You can choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're in town visiting, I would, I would say like that is a must stop just for the nostalgia and kind of creep factor uh you know you're gonna get really great beer and how many people can say that they went to the place where you know bruce lee got embalmed at <laughs> you know what i mean there's only one there's only exactly. one exactly it's here and it's right down the street from me which is great <laughs> was bruce lee from seattle yep okay yep he is uh he is buried in volunteer park next to his uh his son okay there you go um I'm glad you brought up that, uh, you know, you're not really into the IPAs and the hoppiness. I feel I've talked about this before on the podcast. I feel like there's kind of a backlash starting to happen now um, where people are like, you know what? I don't want this so heavy, so hoppy, so bitter. And now you're starting to see some of these craft brew places react yeah. to that and you get more of the malty type beers coming in, which I think is is really interesting because, I mean, how far can you really go with the hoppiness? All right. All people are trying to do is one up the next guy on, on, on the hop flip, on the hop factor. Right. And, you know, there's a point where it's, it's just a hop bomb, you know, and it's like I th this isn't even good anymore. Um, yeah. Seattle has a really good um, stout scene as well. And Pilsners and Lagers are starting to it seems like they're starting to really take foot uh, in town as well, which is great for me. I, I, the beer scene here, it, it evolves. It's not um, not to speak ill of San Diego. I don't live there, so I don't know exactly how it is. But, you know, you think of San Diego and it's just IPA city, right? Um, here, you can, it, it, here they try to move around that, which is pretty cool. That's great. Now... Um... Well, one other thing I wanted to ask you: what about uh, what about dive bars? Because I think in Seattle there's got to be some great dive bars. You mentioned the Pine Box; it doesn't sound like a dive bar, but what would be some of the great dive bars that we could go to in Seattle? Oh yeah, sure. Um, there are dive bars, and every neighborhood has a dive. Every neighborhood has a coffee shop. Those are the two most important things to every neighborhood, and that's what's really cool about Seattle is it's kind of in the New York style where uh, I live on Capitol Hill, my girlfriend lives in Ballard and we could stay in one neighborhood and never get to all the spots. And I could go to her spot in neighborhood and never get to all the spots. Every neighborhood has their own places to go. So for me in my neighborhood, like I said, I love uh, this place called Sun Liquor. Um, but if I'm downtown, I am going to um, I am going to the Diller Room. That is my favorite place to drink downtown. Um, if I'm in Belltown, I might go to the Whiskey Bar. 
Um, I might go to Jupiter, which is an old retro arcade. Um, if I'm in Pioneer Square, I'll go play Papa Shot at the Mire. So the best advice I can give you, is if you as far as Seattle dive bars is look just look for one pick a neighborhood and go explore it and you'll find one it's really easy and they're all generally very friendly and very fun uh my favorite dive bar of all time in seattle was called the redwood and that was one of those places where you could eat the peanuts and just throw them on the floor right and when i that was one of the first bars i ever went to in seattle and the first time I ever went, my friend took me there because it was his favorite place. And this was supposed to be the last weekend they were going to be open. They were going to close that, that after the weekend and get shut down. And I went there for about four years straight <laughs> every weekend. And every weekend it was this was the, it was the last weekend that they were going to be open. Uh, and sadly, finally, the place closed down. But that was always one of my favorite. That was the kind of place where you could get, you know, uh, they would sell you know, can tall cans of Olympia or oh, yeah. unironic un PBRs or right. hams, like just the truly, truly terrible beers of the world. And you could get them there, but not in the hipster fashion where you're paying five bucks for crap. It's like, no, if you really want a hams, give us two bucks and you can have a can of it. Oh my God, and then hams. Come back and, oh, geez. Yeah, and, you know, and then, then you go back and go, okay, now give me a real beer. And they'd have the, <laughs> those two. But uh, <laughs> that was always my favorite dive bar. But there are there are millions of them uh, here in Seattle. It's, it's, it's Seattle has done a pretty good job, and this is changing now, but... Um, has done a pretty good job preserving itself up until recently. Now with Amazon and all of those things, the city is changing quite a bit with Microsoft and all of that. But there are still very good bars that have been in in town for a very long time. Mike's Chili Room is another one that's in Ballard. Look for them. They are not hard to find. You'll see them everywhere. I'm glad you brought up the the changing landscape of Seattle. Um, because you were just in and South by Southwest, which is the huge yep. music festival in Austin. And I lived in Austin for a few years and I kind of compare in this way, Austin to Seattle, because Austin is also going through this transformation, not on the scale that Seattle is, but you're seeing a lot of tech companies move into Austin. And what's happening is a lot of the traditional places. Now you can still go to places like the broken spoke and, uh, um, uh, Continental Club and all these places, but a lot of the places are getting torn down. High-rise condos are going up, and some of the creatives, the musicians, and uh, the artists are getting pushed out to the fringes and beyond the city. And I feel like maybe because of the way that the rent structure is going in Seattle, that's happening in Seattle a little bit as well. Yeah, most definitely. I, I don't even know where I would say the boom is ending. Um, I would say down to Tacoma, but even that, uh, prices are skyrocketing up there. It's become really hard. Um, my neighborhood specifically um, used to be known as kind of the arts neighborhood, and um, now it has turned into uh, housing for Amazon and, and things. And I don't want to just blame Amazon. Like It's tech everywhere. And so much, you know, we're kind of going through the second version of the Silicon Valley boom, you know, um, Amazon obviously being the big one, but there are plenty of other reasons and plenty of other companies coming in and pushing out um, the city. And it's an interesting, it's a challenge because I don't, you, you don't want to lose what made Seattle great. And what made Seattle great was that it was just this weird 
isolated fishing town in the middle of nowhere. You know, grunge happened because bands wouldn't come tour up here. It's too far away. It was too expensive to get here. So they made their own scene. And that's how grunge happened. Um, and now with, you know, the internet and, and the Amazons and all that, we are now in the spotlight and it's an interesting tug and pull between wanting to keep your dive bars open, but also wanting a Shake Shack to come to Seattle. Um, and it's an interesting battle going on right now for the, I don't want to say the soul of the city, because that might be a little too heavy handed. But, but it kind of is, you know, yeah, in a way kind of is. is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the, the interesting thing now is as I've lived here long enough where I feel like Seattle is my home now, I feel like a true Seattle right now. I complain about things that uh, when I first moved here, I was like, oh, this is cool that you guys have this or are getting one of these. And now as the second generation of the new things are popping up in my old, you know, redwood bars are going away. Now I'm becoming grouchy about it, you know? So, uh, I've, I feel like I've achieved full, full Seattleite at this point. Um, that's the way it was for me in Austin. I was like, uh, at first I was like, Oh, this is great. There's all this uh, new blood coming in. And by the end I was like, you know what? Don't move here. <laughs> just yeah, just right. m m go to Dallas, would you? <laughs> right, exactly. Like as long as nothing, uh, nothing challenges, uh, it moves dicks out of the neighborhood, or, <laughs> or you know, things of that nature. I think we'll be okay. But you know, like again, with with the building being demolished that houses the Showbox, you know, that's a especially for Seattle, that's like a historical landmark. Yeah, it's a cultural you know, spot. People have yeah strong feelings. And, yeah, and if we start letting those things slip away, um, and it's a fine line, right, saying what's allowed to stay and what should go, but as long as it's a slippery slope trying to keep what made Seattle Seattle in the first place, not losing that, and that's becoming harder and harder every day with so much money pouring in the city. It's, it's incredible. John, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Before we go, I'd like to uh, mention again, you have your own, in addition to being on 1077 The End on Afternoons in Seattle, you also have your podcast with Gregor called Our Dumb Podcast. And that's correct. It's really funny. Um, you know, I didn't think Thank it would you. be the possible for, <laughs> for, two, <laughs> for two guys to riff on spiders for 20 minutes or uh, tooth decay, but <laughs> you guys pull it off and it's really funny. I really enjoy it. So people should check that out. It's on iTunes. It's everywhere. It's called Our Dumb Podcast. Anything you want to say about your podcast? Uh, I think the name pretty much says it all. It's, uh, <laughs> you, you nailed it pretty well. It's, it's two dummies talking about, uh, whatever happens in our lives that week it's it's uh it's a fun place to come and just hang out and, and let loose it's never too serious uh but it's a great waste of 30 minutes <laughs> it's good stuff i really enjoy it john thanks again for being on destination eat drink we'll be sure and check out seattle in the near future and uh, enjoy all these great places you've been talking about uh thanks for having me come up sometime and we'll go get some uh, seattle dogs you know i gotta say i'm still not 100% convinced about the Seattle dog, but I do know John would be a great guy to hang with in Seattle. He seems to know every place. Don't forget, 
Subscribe to Destination Eat Drink. You can get it at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or on your favorite podcast app. We drop a new episode each and every Friday. I'm Brent Peterson. Join me next week when we explore food and surfing in the 50th state with Hawaii TV personality and weather anchor Guy Hagi. Until then... I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 